All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome uh, to another Devo with Pat and Jamie. I'm excited that we could all be here, that you're listening. I hope today some of you have had a chance to try church early uh, online. I know a lot of people are getting used to that online thing. In my household, I had three screens running with uh, the service uh, three, from our wow. church at all three different places. Patrick, uh, how'd you? What did you do this morning for church? I laid in bed and watched it on my iPad. That sounds like uh, that sounds like fun. Uh, watching on the iPad. Okay, now when the songs were on, did you sing like out loud? Oh no, I didn't. I I sang in my head. Um, two of the songs were songs I had never even heard before. So for that, it's kind of hard to sing along first try alone. You notice how bad of a singer you are when you, uh, sing along with something alone when it, and, but not when yeah. like you think you're a good singer in the car and you think you're a good singer in the the bathroom in the shower. But when you're like, singing along and there's a video and you're like sitting in your living room, you're like, Whoa, I'm a bad singer. That, that is true. It does sometimes seem like, uh, when we sing alone, uh, it, it definitely makes some noise in the shower though. You have at least some of the background sounds of like water splashing around. So (laughs) it kind of makes everyone sound better. Yeah. Um, I sing in the car sometimes by myself, uh, and I try to sing opera, but I don't know any Italian. So it just comes out as uh, strange, really <laughs> loud sounds. Um, a little strange. So if you see uh, a redheaded guy next to you in his 40s shouting opera super loud, that could be me. That could be me on the road out there. Okay. Uh, so today we're in Luke chapter 15. We are. We're in Luke chapter 15. And Pat, I don't know if we want to go through the whole thing because there's a lot in there. Um, or if we just want to pick one of the parables that, that are happening. So there's the parable, just to give people an update here. Um, there's the parable of a few things. There's the lost sheep. There's the lost coin. And then there's the lost son or the, the parable uh, of the prodigal son is what we've we've called it, which is the longest of the three. So, Patrick, what are you thinking, man? Is, are any of these threes really like kind of jumping out at you this morning? No. <laughs> All right. He's he's given he's given the honest answer. Patrick, I appreciate the honest answer. And, and in actuality, all three of them are linked. So um, let's just go to the beginning, and maybe I'll just read through this whole chapter. Might as well, right? Yeah, you can take um, the first chunk. I could do some, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. When I'm ready to stop, I'll just say pass, and then I'll hand it off to you. Sweet. All right. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 15. This is verses... 1 through 32 is the whole thing. I'm going to read some and then hand some off to you, Pat. So uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons 
who do not need to repent. All right, Pat, I'll let you take the parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then this is the parable of the lost son. This is the long one. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Why don't you take over from verse 25, Pat? Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a, a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. All right, so that's Luke chapter 15, the entire thing. So if you've never read an entire chapter of the Bible, congratulations, you just have, if you've made it through this, uh, through this passage. Um, and this passage is about three lost things. It starts with a lost sheep, then a lost coin, and then a lost son. Now, I think two of these are probably really hard to relate to uh, for us, at least as um, oh, yeah. people today, because... Pat, I've never lost a sheep. Have you? I've never owned a sheep. And I'm, I'm sure that there's people that will listen to this that have owned sheep. Um, but that's not me. Yeah, I've, I've never owned a sheep. Um, and what's the plural of sheep? It's sheep, right? One uh, sheep, sheeps. two 
sheeps. <laughs> I, don't no, think, it's I sheeps. think it's sheep. I think it's just sheep. Yeah. Got to love our English language. Uh, so yeah, I've never owned a sheep. I've been to a petting zoo and I've pet a sheep before. Oh yeah. Uh, but that's about as far as I've gotten in my knowledge of these animals. Um, so I don't know what they're worth. I'm imagining they're not cheap. Uh, I'm imagining too, that if like that's your business, yeah. um, that would be uh, pretty, pretty important. I was watching an interview with a guy yesterday who was like a stockbroker, businessy kind of a guy and he lost a bunch of data um for a bunch of trades he was supposed to do so he basically like straight up lost a bunch of money for the company whoa um, just by like you know messing around on his computer (laughs) um and i bet probably that would be the same feeling right so like if you're in charge of something like let's say you are in charge of like a group assignment at school and everyone's supposed to submit all their work and, and let's say some of it's written, some of it's digital and they all submit it to you and then you lose the whole thing. Yeah. Like shoot. Or you lose like one of the key pieces of it. Like that's a big deal. There's other people counting on you. Um, and so in this story, that's what it seems like, uh, what's going on here is that, uh, this, this sheep has been lost. It's worth money. It's valuable. It's cared for. You've put a lot of work into it. Um, and so we hear this story where you go, you leave the 99 that you have and you go find the one sheep. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a worship song, I think, uh, that I know some people really like and have paid some good attention to. Um, which song is that? Leaves the 99. Reckless. Is that, is yeah. that it? I think it's so. Reckless love. Re- is that what it's Reckless called? love. That, that, that's it. That's the one I think. We'll um, hear about so, it if it's not. Yeah, that's true. Someone you can, re, you can remind us or tell us where we've messed up, uh, how we've gotten that one wrong. But, um, uh, yeah, it talks about God leaving the 99 and God does amazing things like that. Um, where he would leave the 99 who are safe to go after the one who's lost. Mm-hmm. So, the second one, which we also, I think, don't quite relate to, is the parable of the lost coin. Now, if you guys lose a coin, you're like, whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if it's like one of those dollar coins, I'd probably still say whatever. Yeah. It would be really difficult to lose a coin that you'd be super bummed about losing. Um, I My grandmother years ago put money in buying these like gold like coins that were worth like a couple thousand bucks each. And she took that coin and I asked her like, let me see it. I want to see a cool coin that looks, you know, that's worth like a couple grand and it's made out of gold and it has like history to it. And, and she said, well, um, she said, I can't show it to you because it's in the bank in a safe deposit box. Wow. Like it was that valuable that she's like, no, I, you know, I have this thing under lock and key uh, I don't even have it at my house because that wouldn't make sense. I think when we talk about um, coins, it's a little bit more like that kind of value. So in my Bible, there's a little note where you can hover over where it says the 10 silver coins and it's uh-huh. 10 drachmas and each of them is worth about a day's wage. So Whoa. I don't know if, if any of you out there have jobs um, – like if you babysit or if you work, but if you work for a full day, like let's say eight hours 
and you're making minimum wage, that's roughly what a hundred bucks or something like that, right? So I think we could think about this lost coin closer to like a hundred dollar bill. Sheesh. Or like you know, let's just like say it's a your debit card. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Your debit card. Your debit card has been lost and you can't find it and you know you got a hundred bucks in that account and it's gone. Yeah. And maybe you have another account because this woman had 10 of these coins. So she had like a thousand bucks basically. And she loses a hundred. That's kind of a bummer. I don't know. Have you ever lost like a hundred bucks, Pat? I don't. Well, I definitely have lost a hundred bucks to the washing machine once. Um, Wow. Tell me where that washing machine is and we'll go find it. uh, It's at my, well, it's now gone. It's an old one. It broke. Um, <laughs> it's in the junkyard, but I lost a hundred dollars by le- leaving them in my pants and then having them be washed. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. hundred dollars yeah. being lost. So, uh, this woman, here's what's interesting, right? So she loses the coin and, and so think about it. Like Pat said, like you lose a debit card with a hundred bucks on it. It's gone. Um, and then you find it. Like you finally find that missing money or that missing debit card. And she does something that's kind of unique, right? Um, she throws a party. That's awesome. Now, I that's like a cool, that's just a cool thing, like cool thinking. I don't know. If I lost a hundred bucks, I'd be super bummed. I'd like throw a little fit probably. I'd tear everything up trying to find it. And then when I did find it, I would probably not like first thing would be like, all right, let's go spend that hundred bucks on a party. Right. You know, I wouldn't yeah. do that. I, I would probably just be like, oh shoot, there it was. I'm good. Like, and then move on. Right. But instead she parties, which I, I think is a, a pretty cool uh, illustration of, of, um, of the kingdom of God. Right. So verse 10 tells us this in the same way. I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, who turns around. Now this is like, this is amazing. Right. And so the verse, verse seven before also says, I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Yeah. And here's what's cool. It's like, there's a party in heaven when someone turns back to God. That's like way better than any party here. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I've been to some pretty decent parties. I don't know, Pat, have you been to any good ones? I've I've been to some decent parties. And would you say it was probably anything close to uh, angels and rejoicing and... uh, anything like that we see here in this passage? I, absolutely not. Like, I don't, I don't know if I am even capable to think about what a party like that would be like, but what also stands out to me is the woman who lost her coin. Part of her party is not like celebrating saying, Oh, it's this hundred dollars that now I have back. I'm going to spend it on like a bunch of people. She like calls her friends and neighbors and then like the party is her rejoicing and her letting other people join in. It's like they're all worshiping together, you know, and it's like it becomes not about the money that was lost. It becomes about coming together with people around. Yeah. And her her joy that she has is contagious. It's like there's no help but having it spill over. 
Right. And that's that's pretty that's pretty cool stuff, man. I love it. I love that um people are repenting in both of these stories you hear about about uh sinners who need to repent. Um and then the last one is this ultimate story, the parable of the lost son, um which uh, Pastor Mike today was talking about it, really got into this and showed that picture from Rembrandt about the prodigal son and goes through all the details of it, all the characters who are in it, um, and shows about how that particular painting is able to illustrate this idea of the prodigal son and really kind of calls you to put yourself into the painting or put yourself into the story. Like, who am I in this story? Am I the prodigal son? Am I the older brother? Am I the dad? Am I just like, you know, a servant watching from the sidelines? Like, who am I in the story? And I think that's helpful when we come to scripture to kind of like put yourself in it a little bit. Yeah. uh, Because you can end up understanding scripture just a little bit better uh, from that. So I don't know about you, Patrick, but when I look into the story, I always gravitate towards the older son. I'm always like, man, am I that guy who's just pointing fingers saying like, wait a minute, I've been doing the right thing. How come these people, you know, how come dad's throwing a party for the son who like did bad when I've been doing good and I didn't even get a party? Like what's going on here? This doesn't seem fair. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, So I don't know about you, man. How do you identify in that story of the prodigal son? I'm always kind of, I feel like I'm in the same boat as you. I feel like I'm the older son, um, kind of like questioning how come, you know, this person gets this, this person gets this, but, um, uh, I can really relate, you know, at the end when the father says you are always with me and everything I have is yours. It's humbling. I like, I don't need all these material possessions. I don't need like big parties or anything because I know like, um, Christ is like the biggest gift of all. And I've like accepted his love in my heart and the gifts that he gives me. I know like he decided and picked for me, like where, where I live, what I do, the people he's put in my life. Um, I like recognize, you know, that's not my decisions. And if it was up to me, I might've picked differently, but there's reasons why I am where I am today. Yeah. And you know what I love about all three of these stories? Um, Because I know we don't have like endless amounts of time to talk on here. uh, But I do want to make sure that we get a chance to look at kind of the the bigger picture of the whole chapter. If we go all the way back to the beginning, it says the people who were listening, it says the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Mm. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. This man welcomes sinners who eat with him. So he tells these three stories and his audience is sinners. It's tax collectors and sinners. It's all like the bad people who are cheating, who are doing like the worst stuff. Yeah. I wonder like today in our culture, who would those people be? You know, I think like executives at companies who are, you know, cheating people out of money. Um, I think of folks who are, you know, sinners, like, uh, I think in this in this story we even hear the word prostitutes. Uh, Jesus yeah. was known for being with prostitutes and people who are who are doing the things that people don't deem uh, to be right. So Jesus is gathering around him these tax collectors and these sinners, and in these three stories, they're hearing that one that they can repent 
they can still come back to the Father. Hope's right. not lost, right? Right. And that God still cares about them. And not only that, there's going to be a giant party in heaven when they decide and turn to repent. Like that's the, all three of these stories have, have kind of that same theme going. Right. And then secondly, the stories are also addressing the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who are being judgy. And they're the ones saying like, oh, look at those people. Those people don't have any business being around me. They don't have any business being around God. We're going to keep them away. But um, this story is saying, wait a minute, you know, you who have always been with me, just like the son, you have everything. Like, let's celebrate. Let's rejoice. Yeah. Because that's what God's heart is. And so, Patrick, when you like look at this uh, verse and you look to the heart of God, like what would you say the heart of God, like what does God's heart want? What does God want in all three of these stories? Yeah. Um, Two things. Uh, The first one that I kind of think of is one, um, looking back at the devotional number one that we did last weekend with Zacchaeus, you know, he was probably in this crowd and heard, heard this story. And so it's like a, it kind of comes full circle with him later on. So that's the first thing. The second thing is it makes me like realize, you know, Jesus doesn't just care about the elite, you know, the people that are right perfectly aligned the whole time. His heart is with everyone. And he wants to like focus extra time to like talk to and teach to all of the sinners. So that way eventually you know, they can be his disciples. He already knows the people that aren't the sinners, the people that aren't the tax collectors in the story or anything like that. He's like, you know, they're good. They're set. They're disciples. They're like growing on their own. Now they're teaching others. They're praying a lot. You know, they're doing whatever they're doing, what they do. And he, Jesus isn't saying, I'm going to forget about them, but he's saying, let me help get all these other people on board, all these other people be a part of this huge, beautiful kingdom. He's trying to bring everyone with, because I think that Jesus might've known if he didn't do that, the, the split of sinners and non-sinners would just get, be, be further and further apart, you know, and it'd just be two like crazy different people groups, but he wants everyone to be together. And he's thinking, you know, these people, they've made a mistake but I'm still going to celebrate the mistake, you know? So that's kind of what I like. Jesus's heart is with everyone sinners or not. Yep. That's, that's right on man. And I think that is a good word for us too, that, you know, the heart of God, the desire of God, the mission of God is that the church would be together. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a word in that for everyone, right? So part of that is the church should be together in that the church uh, people who are deciding to follow Jesus, who are already like working on that, that we would be unified together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also that the church that's going to be the future church. So like the people who um, haven't yet decided to follow Jesus, but, but are getting there or working on it. These are these sinners who are like not yet repenting that mm-hmm. they would repent and they would come together. Uh, there's a verse that actually tells us that the heart of the father is that none or the will of the father is that none should perish. Mm. Uh, God's will, God's heart is that everyone would turn, repent and follow him. And so us being the church and being together in unity, 
um, is the celebration, man. And I think we look at each one of these little stories and it gives us kind of like a little example of the entire human condition. The entire human condition is we're lost. God finds us. We run towards God because he's so good. And then there's a big party. Yeah. And to me, that's like, you know, we're created, we're around, we then go find our own way, do our own thing. God comes after us and uh, we turn back towards God and then we celebrate. And that's the kingdom of heaven, man. That's like the the main story of scripture is God coming after his people. So, man, this is some good scripture. We could talk about it forever, Pat, but I just want to make sure we're... Uh, we're just getting to the the big stuff. So if if people are high school students out there, middle school students out there, uh, make sure you uh, ask Patrick about the time he lost his his money in the washing machine because uh, that sounds pretty sad. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure he's lost some other things too. So yeah, and as have I, as have I, I lost my wedding ring once for like three months. That was bad news. Oh man, <laughs> story for but a it different was day. found. I didn't throw a party. Absolutely for a different day. So if you have any questions, concerns, comments, any of that kind of stuff, you just want to hang out, chat online, um, feel free to to email me, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at solanapress.org. Or if you have my phone number, feel free to text. Uh, and uh, Patrick. Yeah, you can reach out to me, Patrick at solanapress.org. All right, cool. Hey, everyone out there, uh, glad that you could join us today. I hope that the Lord is is speaking to you through scripture, through um, what you're seeing, and through people who are around you. Keep your ears open because God is uh, speaking. He's always speaking. And um, I know there's something in this whole thing for us. One other kind of random thing I want to throw out there is if you haven't looked at, look at Psalm 23. Um, you can pull out your Bible and just read that. Um, it's a great Psalm. Uh, Every time I read it, I feel like I even get a little bit more out of it. So read Psalm 23 this week if you get a chance. And um, and hopefully you will get a chance because you really don't got anything else going on. So there you go. Um, hey, from all of us around here at One Youth and One Amazing Life and all of us, we just want to say bye and have a wonderful day. Bye.